0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Super J Cast. And of course, Joel is still away on holiday, living the life right now somewhere. Probably enjoying a, uh, according to his Instagram, like a cider, or uh, he's been doing a lot of berry picking with the kids. <sighs> he's uh, he's away for a month. Well, I th- well now it's going to be about what ten days, I think, maybe if that. So, uh, listen, the pro wrestling talk doesn't stop. That's why you're here. And, uh, I think we have ourselves one of the best guests ever here on the super J cast. Uh, I had to put out the, uh, the, the super J cast bat signal. I don't know what that means, but I sent it out and lo and behold, we have, uh, someone who I'm thrilled to talk with because I don't think we've ever chatted before, but, uh you know her as a world traveler according to her twitter bio uh you can listen to her on uh, post wrestling she just got done doing a podcast on what tamatanga's uh uh the Tama tamatanga island is it thomas island yep unbelievable busy she's on her way to uh charlotte for strong if i'm not mistaken uh everyone it's the great it, Karen Peterson. It's Peterson, right? Not Pedersen, right? It is Peterson. Yay. All right. I should have. There's, there's,
1: there's not enough T's for it to be Pedersen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Listen, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. You know, I believe this is the first proper conversation that you and I have that has not involved
0: Twitter. <laughs> I don't. I've So you have talked to Joel. Okay. There, because <laughs> I, I am not on Twitter. Um, and i I have no access to our Twitter account. <laughs> I really don't
1: by choice, or was that yeah. choice made yeah. for you?
0: I mean, uh, well, here's the thing <laughs> by, by, by choice, yes, but also strongly encouraged that that I, that, see. That, that I do not uh partake in the uh, in the conversation.
1: It is in what is the best interest for all parties involved, correct?
0: Absolutely. Joel, Joel has this certain. Uh, thing in his brain where he's able to not only deal with uh, trolls and, and nonsense like he's able to communicate well with others and he's kind of funny and so yeah that's uh, like you you have 100% with Joel this is the first time so he
1: has a Joel ne sais quoi if you will
0: he, oh, that's pretty good <laughs> you know what he's, 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 gonna help, he's gonna want a t-shirt of that I'm not gonna lie
1: I want my cut just so we're clear
0: I'm, I'm, I'm a, yeah, of the $5, sure, you can have I'll, $3. I'll
1: take a quarter, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, I like, <laughs> it's weird. That one of the weirdest things that has ever happened to us is um, seeing someone wear our T-shirts. Like, there's probably five people that own one, myself included. But we were uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden, and someone came up wearing our t And it was just like, of course, I was eight or nine beers and at this point but it's just like,
1: wait, like you do it's a,
0: it's it's a it's it's a it's a challenge it is a challenge um yes. i've gotten much better but it's um yeah it's always been a problem are you, are you a drinker at all karen
1: oh i am quite the uh the one who partakes in the beverage nice. i like a cocktail like a good beer i enjoy a nice glass of wine i do oh. you know i do tend to like lean towards the light side of not drinking heavily anymore but i will you know i'll unwind if i have to i'll let my hair down as it were
0: (laughs) like so i've now have gotten to the point where every day i go to the same bar for lunch one because the food is tremendous but two um like I, i i'm sadly up to like three and i have a bar like i built a bar in my garage like, my garage is a bar. It's a legitimate working bar. I could go there. But the problem is, is it's too hot. Nobody cares about this, car. No one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But the thing is, is that beverages, just, I mean, it, it, there is the satisfaction of making your own beverage at home and enjoying it at home. But when somebody else makes it for you mm-hmm. and, like, slides it across the bar, mm-hmm. it just tastes different.
0: It does. I agree a thousand percent. A thousand percent. There's nothing more relaxing than putting your forearms on a nice cold bar. Oh, God, yeah. Right? And just... Just... And going alone, I love going alone. Same. No one, to- no one talking. Just I'm going to enjoy this beverage. Maybe a couple. I'm going to watch whatever is on. I don't even care what's on TV. I'm just staring at the TV.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's the it's one of my favorite things in the world. Speaking of favorite things in the world, again, I read off your your Twitter bio. World traveler. What's the worst place you ever been?
1: Oh God, uh, the worst place I've ever been. Would be when I was a flight attendant, uh, I had just been out of training maybe a month and I was on call on New Year's Eve, like literally six weeks after I had uh, got out of graduation. Uh So New Year's Eve is one of the nights that a lot of people are sick all of a sudden. So (laughs) I got sent to Georgetown in South America and it's very, very small, very, very uh, rustic. But the hotel that they took us to had like razor wire, like 10 foot razor wire fences around them and a guard gate and we're like my colleagues and i we all were just brand new flight attendants we didn't know what we were doing we had never had this layover before and we asked the the, the guard at the gate we're like well you know we saw that there was a market that we passed on our way in can we go there you know, grab something to eat they're like eat at the hotel bar get drunk by the pool mm-hmm. if you leave this compound you may not come back, Holy and that shit. was more. That was more than enough information for all of us to just like say yes, ma'am, and go straight to the pool bar. Yeah, <laughs> and we just spent the whole. You know, it was a long. It was like a thirty-six hour layover, so you know, like a day and a half. Uh-huh. We just spent the whole time drinking and laying by the pool and eating and getting room service because like, we, there was nowhere we could go. I, and I, I, I like to explore when I travel, so it, that was probably what was worse about it. Was one being afraid that I was going to be kidnapped, right? And to not being like being in a in like a place, and I know that I can't leave, like that, like being yeah. like it felt like I was in a cage. Like I just wanted to like go see something and be like, yes, I experienced this country, and I couldn't.
0: Oh, and where was it then? you said South America? What, what, uh, what
1: is it? It was Georgetown. I want to say Guyana.
0: Oh God, my geography stinks. It's I don't even on, know.
1: Excuse me. I'm. It's on the north coast of South America. Okay. Facing the Caribbean.
0: Okay. All right. Like. Yeah. My goodness. So, I I mean, was the room
1: nice? I mean, it was all right. Room service, all it it was, God, it was 10 years ago, but, or no, more than that, it was like 12 years ago. Yeah, no, I remember it being like, well, it's, it is what it is. It tasted well enough. We got a crew discount. So, can't complain too much. But yeah, that was one of the first times I could ever say, like, I ordered room service at a hotel. But I was just like, um,
0: Oh, wow
1: so I, I don't order room service I, I i'm the kind that like i look for hotels that specifically have like a mini fridge and i'll bring all my food or i'll go to the market local market and buy stuff
0: okay okay i don't
1: i don't, I don't i'm not i'm do not i not the room service kind of girl i don't like people coming to my room i like when i'm a home like in the room i'm a slam clicker i slam the door i like put the, the little latch over it and i don't want to be bothered i don't want to hear any noise in the hallway yes <laughs> i just i just want to unwind and enjoy the the hoteling experience
0: yes I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I don't normally do the room service. Uh, but every once in a while when like especially if you go to a place where it's late. Yeah. And and oh you just you're getting in under the wire with room service, right? You see, you're you're frantically looking at the menu and being like, "Oh, please still yes." <laughs> right? And I get like a Caesar salad and french fries or Yeah. Like that. Right, ridiculousness. Um, talk to me about that flight attendant stuff. How long were you doing it? Uh, you, you still doing it? Or you stopped, um, right?
1: No, I stopped. Okay. I was a flight attendant for Delta Airlines from 2011 to 2014. 14? 2015. Um, I only did it for a few years, and I wish I was still flying, honestly. I made the stupid mistake of believing a, a guy who's saying that he wanted to settle down and start life with me. And then when I quit flying, he said, I liked it better when you weren't around.
0: Oh, Can God. you go
1: back to flying? And I'm like, bro, I just quit the like the year I got hired. It was harder to get hired by Delta Airlines as a flight attendant than it was to get into Harvard University. Like, I had to work very hard to get into that company. Oh. I can't just go back. I'm like, I'm like, I wish you would have broke up with me before I quit my job.
0: I would smother them with a pillow. I got to be honest with you.
1: I was just like, <laughs> bro, yeah. And but I mean, I like my 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 job now, but unfortunately, this job has no connection to Japan. At least when I worked with Delta, I was a language qualified flight attendant, so I could work the Japan flights.
0: Oh, wow. Nice.
1: Yeah. I spent a year living in Hawaii. That was, it was nice.
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my. So you've been all over. I mean, just as, as a flight attendant, do you get, I mean, with your language knowledge, is it is that like just like an easy fit? Karen's going there or do you pick or how does that work?
1: Uh, the way that the process used to be, I don't know, I don't think it's changed much, is that you have to bid for your schedule. So basically, everything's based on seniority. So, of course, the international trips are high time, high pay, best layovers, best hotels. So, those typically go to the people who are most senior in the system. Okay. But those flights also, if it's specifically for, like, say, Japan, they have uh, allocated a certain number of flight attendants that are language qualified. So, if you have the language qualification, you don't necessarily ha- need to have the highest amount of seniority so it for me it was like my very first i was out of training four weeks and my my first international flight was working a 747 from jfk to narita
0: wow and working
1: in like the first class upper deck like you know how like the, the 747 sure. had that like the little hump at the top of it they yes used to call it the whale. Um, But that was like part of their business elite section where they had like, it was first class. So there was like a bunch of like lay flat beds in it. And I had never worked. Like I hadn't done more than like hopping and skipping up and down the East Coast, like serving, you know, peanuts and pretzels. I I never had to serve like a full like four course dinner Mm -hmm. and work the kitchen. But luckily, like the lady I was paired with, she's like, I'll run. She's like, you run the trays. I'll do all the cooking. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. But yeah, from there, there on out, it was the, uh, <laughs> probably about a, six months later, I was like, you know, I had gotten used to like every month when they would release the schedule, I was, I was good at trading my schedules and like dropping trips on days I didn't want and picking up trips that like would either worth more time or in better days or you know, trade basically, you know, when you could drop and add classes in college during drop and add,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like that, but like with your work schedule. Okay. So it's like, you know, there's a trading board and all this other stuff, but every now and then i would pick up an extra international trip just because so i could like, check off places on my passport saying i've been to like xyz place right so i looked at the trip pool saw that barcelona was there and i'm like oh yes i've never been to barcelona let's do this so i put in the request and i got it immediately and i was like all right let's go and then i pulled my, my schedule the next day and realized i transposed the numbers Uh-oh. i wasn't going to barcelona i was going to moscow oh in in march I have never been so cold in my entire
0: life. Wow, yeah. It was I mean I I mean it, it, I'm assuming winters are brutal. Yes. It, it, was, uh, it
1: was I'm from I live in Florida, so it was like anything would just go straight through all of my layers down to my bones. And luckily the captain on that particular flight, he regularly worked the Moscow trip. So he offered him and the first officer offered to take me around. So I got to go to the you know, red square and take a picture in front of the onion oh, domes wow, and, and they have some of those cleanest and beautiful subways. Like they have like m- marble statues and like gold filigree, everything. Um, but that was another trip where I was the most junior and they're like, Oh, well guess what? We pick uh, positions on those flight based on seniority. You're working the first class international kitchen. I'm like, all right, well, be prepared for everything to be very slow because I've never done this before. Right. L- luckily, the first class cabin was half full. So the purser was like, don't t- worry about it. We'll get it done. Just take your time. I'd rather you do things and not get burnt or hurt. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. And yeah. I did it. But I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> after that, I was very, very careful. And I was like double and triple check every single trip I picked up to make sure I was actually going to the place I was supposed to be going to.
0: Were you off like, by like one digit?
1: I, I flip flopped a five and a zero.
0: Are you kidding me? And so you it, was like,
1: it was supposed to be like 0-0-5, <laughs> and I put 050.
0: Uh, oh my god! I
1: was I was wondering why that trip had gone to me so quickly because nobody wanted to go to Moscow in the middle of March.
0: But I guarantee you that no one listening to the show—I I, I, I can't say no one—but you could probably count them on one hand how many people have been to Moscow. Like that had to be, I mean, it, at the very least, very cool, somewhat life-changing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the, the thing that made me laugh the most is that the running joke is on international flights. The pilots will inevitably, regardless of whatever city you're in, it doesn't matter if it's Japan or Asia or Europe or South America. The pilots will inevitably end up in the one British pub in the <laughs> yeah. area. All right. And sure enough, after we did all the sightseeing, we ended up in a British pub near the Layover Hotel. Was,
0: I know. I know it. I know there's There's a place in Shibuya. Um, but we always go <laughs> into a British pub.
1: Yeah. Yes. And there's one by the dub, the, uh, the dome too, the hub.
0: Yeah. The hub there. Yep. And then I forget the name of the place, but it's like on the th- like third floor and it's right behind the Don Quixote. Yeah. 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 It's it. it um, I know exactly I, it, what
1: you're it, talking about. We
0: go there every time. We
1: can. <laughs> it's, and
0: it was just ridiculous because I mean, why would we, but yes, yeah, there is something comforting about having a. I don't know.
1: Sometimes you just don't want to think in a foreign language, and that's yes. okay. That's why yes. I like. I loved going to McDonald's when I was in Japan.
0: Me too. You know what? I went once, and I mean it was good, but it was, you know, it was McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what came first? Was it? Was it? Again, I don't want to assume, but it was Japanese language learning first, and then the airline industry how did that work out
1: uh actually it was a little bit of japanese language learning in university after watching anime from the time i was 14 okay. when i was 14 i decided i wanted to go to japan one day whether it was as a university student or to work uh by the time i was in college i took a year of japanese language and then i wanted to go study in rome for 6 weeks so i took a year of italian right after it wow uh graduated worked in a, and got a job at an office uh at the registrar at the university I graduated from. And my professor before I graduated was like, you should really apply to this, the J- Japan exchange and teaching program, the jet program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go over to Japan for a few years and teach. And I was like, I was, you know, 21 with it. What did I know? I didn't know my head from a hole in the wall. I was like, I want to, you know, I want to work a little bit first. I want to get some real life work experience before going over six months behind the desk. I was like, man, I really should have applied for the jet program. <laughs> right. So I toughed it out for a year. And then I applied for the cycle immediately after, and at my interview i'll never forget it they're like well you, you know you've picked tokyo and Osaka and kyoto and you know these of course are like the places that everybody ranks on their their preference sheets uh what if you we can't place you at any of these would you would you turn down an assignment and i'm like i don't care where i go as long as i get to go and okay. those were my famous last words because literally two months later i got my acceptance letter and they're like you are going to tottori and i'm like oh where's tottori so i would like go on the internet look it up and literally at the time, this was like 2003, the only thing that cropped up was like a picture of a sand dune with a camel and a specific an apple pear. That, uh, and that was it. That was all three was known for. I'm like,
2: oh, my God, I'm like,
1: I'm going. I was I literally got assigned to the most rural and remote prefecture that has the, the lowest population density in the entire country. But I said, I'll go anywhere. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll go for a year and it doesn't work out. I had the best five years of my twenties.
0: That is we're awesome. living
1: amongst rice fields and fishing villages. Uh, the schools I worked at were great. I have like a close group of friends that I'm still friends with, like almost twenty years later. Like it's just that that was my second home.
0: That is um, is, is that in the north? Uh,
1: it is. If you were to look at a map, it's just west of Osaka, north of Okayama, and uh, east of Hiroshima. So it's like okay. on the Sea of Japan. But uh, there's a little mountain range that divides Hiroshima and Okayama from Tottori and Shimane.
0: I know people when they travel for the first time. I mean, Tokyo is obviously, I you know, ninety eight percent of people are going to go to Tokyo first, and yeah. I love it. It's 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 my favorite city in the world. But isn't there something to be said? Not even something to be said, but like, isn't it amazing? Like the, when you get outside of Tokyo, just how vast and how beautiful it is. Absolutely.
1: One of the one of the things that most people never believe me when I say this is that when I lived over there, that's when uh, Lost in Translation came out. Mm-hmm, sure. The, and everyone was talking about, oh, this is such a great cinematic masterpiece. And I'm like, this film is garbage because all it talks about is the expat experience of living in Tokyo with like a day trip to Kyoto. It's not it's half of the things that they, like Scarlett Johansson and her you know little band of friends do. She would have been arrested or thrown out of the country or, right. you know. Going into the pachinko parlor, she would probably wouldn't have come out of that pachinko parlor to be perfectly honest. Mm. So it didn't really give a fair uh, representation of the foreigner living experience. Because it's it's one thing to travel to Japan and experience it as a traveler. It's a very different experience when you live there. Right. But that's Did... what, you know any country you live in, it, it's very different between being a tourist and being a resident.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the movie did have the Jesus and Mary chain in it. One of my favorite bands. So I just, (laughs) the closing scene, just like Honey. A little partial to it then. I mean, listen, the closing scene where she, you know, they're kind of staring at each other and shit. just like Honey. Um, Was that a hard transition for you though? Like you lived where before?
1: Uh, I was living in Gainesville, Florida. So I was, you know, just about an hour and a half north of where I live now in Orlando. But the, the hard part for me was that, you know, Tokyo and Osaka and Kyoto, to a lesser extent, are very accessible for travelers because of the uh, accessibility based on the amount of English language there is everywhere. Mm. In Tottori, I, I break it down like this: I could not go to a McDonald's and order a cheeseburger with a picture menu without knowing some semblance of Japanese.
0: Right, no so one's speaking yeah.
1: English. Yeah, and I like literally the first time I did it, I had like I didn't know at the time, but there were two students that were in line behind me. And that were students at the high school I was assigned to. So okay. I, you know, go to I went to school the next day to you know do the rounds of introducing myself to everyone, meeting all the the principals and the administration and all the teachers, and the students are like, we helped Karen Sensei order a cheeseburger yesterday because she couldn't do it on her own, and I'm just ah. like, I was like, I'm like I'm like 23, and I'm just like, I can't, I'm not self sufficient anymore. I felt like I was I was very reliant and dependent upon everybody I I, I worked with. Yeah. Like even going because yeah. for me, I have a shellfish allergy, which sucks. Because where I was at was famous for its uh the matsubagani, a type of uh, winter crab, and you like literally everything has seafood in it. And I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I can't eat a lot of the things that where I was living was famous for.
0: Oh my god, did you were you homesick at all? Was it was or you were just like this is this is where I need to be?
1: It I wasn't homesick. Hmm. I didn't experience culture shock when I came to Japan. But when I went back home after living there for five years, it was it was a very large adjustment for me because I know I I had learned how to drive on the other side of the road. I had a Japanese driver's license. I was, you know, used to having my voice, my speaking pace, excuse me, set to, you know, teaching non-native speakers of English. So I was always speaking at like a quarter or a third speed of what I normally speak at. So we go home and everyone's like, are you okay? Are, are, are you are you having a stroke? You're speaking very, very slowly. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Trust
0: like, me, that's perfect for our audience. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we don't have the most, uh, you know, you, you can be as slow as you need to be.
1: But it was one of those things whenever I would go back to Japan after visiting my family, I, you know, at the time my parents were living just north of Miami. So I'd come back at like South Florida speaking speed. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can just slow down. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Allow me to adjust my volume and my speed setting again.
0: <laughs> right. It, it It is amazing how – I don't want to say different, but it is – even just in like if you're there for two weeks, there are things that you notice in, in – whether it be subways and trains or the fact that you could eat off the street. There's no trash anywhere. Correct. Um, like it is – but if for someone who's been there for five years, it had to be, were you disappointed? Or were you just, just in like shocked at the way that we live here in the United States? <laughs> yeah.
1: One of the things that got was, I was actually frustrated about when I came back was that I was so used to the way the Japanese sort their their, their rubbish. So, mm-hmm. like you know, in the states, basically we you know we sometimes separate paper and uh, bottles and plastic from uh the you know the regular trash but like in Orlando it's one giant bin that you put everything in like right. everything's like, all your recyclables are in one bin in Japan, one bucket right there's like <laughs> specific days for specific items and if you don't like separate those items and you can't put them out the night before you have to put them out the morning of and like Tuesday is only burnable trash Wednesday is only glass bottles and aerosol cans and mm. if you like like the where i lived if i put the wrong thing out on the wrong day the the little like the little local garbage police that lived <laughs> in my apartment building would rifle through the trash and find Whoa. a piece and would find a piece of mail that had my address on it and would take out all the wrong parts and put the the oh. garbage back in front of my front door with a note being like, oh. this is not the day for this.
0: In a, in a, in a mean sense or of a, Hey, you might not, I'm just going to smart. Sometimes
1: you it, it depended. Sometimes it felt like it was like, Oh, you know, ha ha silly foreign girl you tried really hard but that's today's not the day right but then other days it was just like you could tell that the letters got a little more passive aggressive the longer i lived there so i, right. I couldn't afford to get it ro- keep getting it wrong
0: <laughs> right 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 you don't want to leave your house like peeking out the blinds like yeah. i can
1: see these people well and then you know some of us would stay like one year others would like stay like five years like i stayed five years but i had to move across the prefecture and back at one point but like the school i worked at had a second uh, foreign teacher of english and the first three years i was there they kept changing every year so they were like one person would come in a year was enough and they'd go home another person would come in and then like the landlady knew that i was the the senpai for those particular individuals so if they didn't get their garbage right i'd be the one to get the note and I'd have Aww. to be the one to explain to them why their garbage is wrong but their garbage is outside my house and not theirs
0: all right but you a little sense of pride in that though, right? Like, oh, I hey, mean, I,
1: I prefer being Karen Senpai for something other than garbage, but you know, <laughs>
0: sure, it, it was
1: what it was based on where we were living.
0: Get it where you can. Uh, you know, um, again, I'm doing a little uh, Twitter uh um, little searchy search? Yeah, listen. Research. I, gotta, I, gotta,
1: I can like do my you- homework. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Um, the news of the day. Well, not really the news it's probably pretty old but I do remember being woken up one morning by my lovely wife Cheryl uh who Hello, Cheryl yes um Good she doesn't listen to this at all Now, please no, stop
1: but still the but sentiments still, there
0: it is it is um well just a veer off course she was like well I I could I could be I could be a guest on the show I was like no no you cannot no you cannot I said, you have no idea what you're going to get into if you do that. It's
1: well, a slippery the, slope, isn't it? Yeah,
0: the listeners can bring it. And I was like, no, no, you, you do not. Do want not that. have The
1: listeners bring the questions. <laughs> never, 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 right. never.
0: Right. I was like, you do not want it. <laughs> you, 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 have, you have no idea what you're getting. I was like, no, I'm not. We're not doing that. Um, the news of Sharla and Chris Broad.
1: My heart, my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have no idea.
0: All right, so 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 talk to me. Are uh, you a fan? Of, of uh,
1: yeah, I, I am a huge fan of Chris Broad and Charla. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when I was living in Japan, YouTube wasn't a thing. Had the YouTuber thing been a thing when I was living over there, I'd probably still be over there. Uh, I'm calling them, and I'm I'm pretty sure they probably haven't heard this one before. I'm calling them. They're they're calling them Charmeleon, but with like C H R from from Chris and then Sharla's like okay. name, like kind of smashing it all together. I, I love like Charlotte had quite the journey if I remember. Cause you know, she was married. She was living in South With, Korea. They June got course. Right? Wasn't the guy's name June? No, 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 one no, one no. One That's one one one. Rachel and June. That's they're They're uh, down uh, in Fukuoka. Right, I, I love them confused. too.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I get them confused sometimes. Okay. No, like
1: ahead. The, the, they're part, they're all part of this, like great Tokyo creative group that have like so many outstanding content creators. Uh, currently Hannah's another one. I also love, you know, Joey the anime man and the guys at Trash Taste. Like, there's a whole bunch of them. They all work together and they all do amazing things. But, yeah, know, Rachel and June, from what I can tell, they have their cats. They have their little farm. They're doing great. Still okay. very much in love and very happily married. Good. Um, but, yes, Chris... I Because, you know, I had noticed that there was a significant crossover, especially when I think Chris either moved up to the Sendai area or she moved down from Morioka. And I was like, I mean, I... I don't want to be the one to be like I don't normally ship people. Like I, I really don't like shipping people just because I'm like, you know, it makes it awkward if they have their own partners and everything else like that. Sure. But when 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 she, you know, had that video earlier this week with her, you know, Juicy Q&A and like right. she brought she brought up the question and she she said that her and Chris were together. I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> like like I don't even know them and I'm just like, I just love love today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I mean I know them again cuz my wife watches she watches YouTube videos as if she were 13. Um that's all she watches. Like she will I will watch uh, some sporting event or whatever uh and she will sit there with her iPad just watching videos. And she's at the plants now. Uh so she has a plants. Who who's the other Um, well, first let's, let's stay with these two. Um, what was it just the fact that he was creating content in English about Japan? Um, was it, uh, like, like, what was the connection?
1: I don't remember how it started. I think I was, I, it was probably a few years back when I was, you know, before I was started doing all the wrestling content, creating stuff and I was traveling and flying around and stuff, I wanted to do more travel based I was in, you know, the nerd scene. So I was into star. I'm still, I'm still am, but I don't really cover it as much as I used to. I like Star Wars and theme parks, but I was like, I was looking for something to like to reconnect me with Japan. I was looking for videos about Japan, about things in Japan I didn't know, or things I wanted to go see and do. I just wanted to basically live vicariously through someone. Hmm. And all of their videos came up. Chris came up, the Joey, the anime man came up, Charlotte came up and, you know, currently Hannah and like all these different content creators that are like all under that Tokyo creative umbrella, and I was like, oh my god, these—they're all living their best life. They're living the life I always wanted to live when I was in Japan after I finished teaching. So it was one of those things where I was just—I was just happy for people, and like, I love seeing them succeed. I love that they—they they found their passion, and they—they're—they're they're bringing, um, a lot. They're not just talking about their daily life abroad they're talking about the struggles of being a foreigner living in japan and you know a few years ago when there was that absolute i don't even know if it was a few years ago where there was that absolutely horrible jake paul is it is jake paul logan mm-hmm. paul one of the pauls that went to the uh suicide forest and right yeah i yeah that that whole thing leading to one of them or both of them now possibly being in wwe just doesn't sit well with me but that's neither here nor there uh, reina scully is another great one she used to work for Crunchyroll and does like a lot of anime stuff and now she's back in japan with her family um but yeah it was just one of those things where they started having the conversations about the foreigner living experience in japan that a lot of people re- were refusing to have which made the only endeared them more to me so yeah, yeah. if i could ever interview them they like interviewed like any of them chris and charlotte would probably be at the top of the list
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, his studio is amazing now.
1: Oh my! It's like, like it was like a thirty thousand dollars studio, and then there was that big earthquake.
0: Yes, and the yeah, poor like, like, like he
1: put all that money into it, and then they had to like come in and clean it up and refix it. I loved the ramen bar because yes. And here in Orlando, there's a bar called Suzeru. It's like a is a, a Japanese style izakaya, but it has that like Showa era vibe with like the old movie and beer posters and like all like the old toys and the Godzilla stuff and everything. I was like. I want to just go walk through his studio and just like spend the day just taking pictures of everything because it's like, it's so over the top, but so amazing to look at at the same time.
0: Yeah. And he's just a guy that came over, just started doing videos for his family. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, he was, he was a teacher over here. Right. And then he, like, he did the video thing to like, you know, let his family know how he was doing yada, yada, yada. And it just snowballed because people want to go to Japan, but they don't know how to go over there. They don't know you know about the visa process or, if, you know, going over as a teacher is better or going over as a student is better or, you know, going, getting married and going over as a spouse is better. So it was very interesting to see them all tell their different stories about their experiences living in Japan.
0: I love Natsuki. Oh, Natsuki. <laughs> I love Natsuki. Um, and I think like two things. Again, what about we'll, Ryotaro.
1: We'll Ryotaro is the other one. Oh yes,
0: yes, he is tremendous. Yes, yes, I what love. Was him.
1: it too much volcano? Was that the song? Too much volcano.
0: I love me some too much volcano. I kid you not. To this, I believe I said it to my wife today. Too much volcano. Too much volcano, yes. man. I swear. Um, he won. He uh, he was doing some thing where he was lonely or something i don't know um uh, but he wound up uh, wound up uh, putting in a duran duran song so i was very happy with that uh and he's and he's very uh, he's a big 80s fan but also they do talk wrestling so he they? Does, yes <gasps> he does a podcast with uh some guy from radio one i want to say um and and he's a big wrestling fan Hold they on. talk. They talk every once in a while. It'll go bleeding into like wrestling and huh. like Cheryl will be like they're talking about wrestling. They're, they're talking about guys you know. I'm like shit. All right, cool. Yeah, I would love. I would love to have him on. I don't oh know. My if gosh, it would, could you yeah. imagine
1: if you manage uh, that? You need to call me.
0: i like, you would be, me and you. Let's go. I will. I
1: will, fly, uh, I will be able to answer that bat signal so fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. And the other thing that he does and uh, like you've seen his uh, almost i want to say documentary style like th- the editing he did for for like um Fukushima yes and all oh, that one was so good right like these are really legitimately great pieces yes. like great documentaries um and he's highlighting people rebuilding and unbelievable unbelievable yeah. and, and like his his the, the bike journey across I, that was a good one too oh yeah
1: with <laughs> with connor and joey and
0: garnt Right, right. What well, was the guy's name? What was the what was a well, they had to, they had to do a, a commercial for the 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 squeezy, uh protein stuff. Ah, oh,
1: that that was Joey the Anime Man.
0: Okay, okay. He, he's
1: a half Japanese uh, Australian.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Uh and then all right, so my last point about Japanese vloggers or, or you know, people living in Japan anyway. Um who was the they, they were a couple And they're no longer together, apparently. Um, They were both. I think they started out in Korea and then they moved to Japan.
1: Wasn't that that was Sharla and her partner, wasn't it?
0: No, it wasn't Sharla. It was.
1: (sighs) Well, she and and her partner went to Korea and then got a divorce and came back, I think. She was she was married at some point.
0: I'm going to say Natalie's her name. Oh,
1: no, her I don't name? follow Natalie, I don't think. No,
0: it's not Natalie. Like, I, I, like, it's going to be so ridiculous. I'm going to walk out and be like, Cheryl, sure, what's that person's name? It's <laughs> going to come to you at me. like
1: 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you're like, son of a
0: biscuit. <laughs> Texting her. Um, but they had uh, a – so the guy did a review on a toaster, a, a toaster counter. It is a $300 toaster. Um, I bought said toaster. Did (laughs) you? We're redoing our kitchen. And the way he was describing and he was showing this toaster makes a nice little crust on the outside. Inside, it's a still squishy. uh, Like the perfect piece of toast. And and like, oh, here it is. Cheryl just was heard Herbie. She texted me. Look at this. How about that? Simon and Martina.
1: Oh, the name sounds familiar.
0: Oh, they split
1: up? That's a bummer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Aww, yeah, and she, and she moved. Yeah, she moved back to Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they left, and then and they broke up, and then she went back, and he, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but he, but Simon talked about this fucking toaster, and I'm like, again, we were we are redoing our entire kitchen. And he's talking about this toast and I'm like, uh, 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 and he's showing it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And he's like showing him reheating like pizza. And it looked amazing. I was like, forget oh, that man. toaster.
1: Yeah, no. I always said to myself, the two, the biggest regret I have is not bringing home a, a uh, one of the Japanese toilet seats with like the built-in heating and the bidet mm. and like the whole, like, I mean, they're probably about 200 to $300, but you know what? Next time I go, I might just drop the money because you know what? Even though I'm in Florida, sometimes in the winter there is a little bit of chill on the seat yes. in the middle of the winter. Yes, um, and then uh, a kotatsu, which is like a heated table with the blanket that you see in like all the animes in the winter time. Mm,
0: yes, one of the yeah. best.
1: One of the best. Oh, God, I lived under that because the thing about Japan and especially in the winter is that it's very. It's like a a wet winter, so. And then they're, you know, the building insulation is not that great. So, you know, you have your, you have your space heater, you have your heated table. Sometimes you're wearing like a hoodie and a hoodie on top of your hoodie (laughs) because running the the heating unit is just so expensive that it's easier just to like layer up and just like heat half your body. Like I remember it's like with the heated table, I'd turn it off at night and the blanket would keep all the heat trapped in. So I would just like, I'd put my pillow on the floor and I would just sleep underneath the table because it kept my legs warm. (laughs)
0: What wow. we're what were are worse the winters or the summer.
1: Oh God! Um, I went
0: I went one year for G one.
1: Yeah, it oh. was the
0: hottest I've ever you, experienced. Oh, it, it did
1: you go in August?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So August in Japan is like August in Florida in the middle of the summertime, where it's like a hundred percent humidity and like ninety five degrees. So it you you just step outside and you're soaking wet, like you feel disgusting and gross. Oh, and I don't I don't know what it, what their secret is, but Japanese people don't sweat. No. Sweat, no. and they don't stink. So it's no. like I'm like looking as if I'm like you know, a, a less than savory individual in church sweating as if you know I've done all the wrongs in the world just by stepping out of my front door. Right, and my friends are just like I just ran a five k and I feel great, and I'm like,
0: Ugh, I, hate I couldn't so do much. anything. I couldn't do like like I would go to the shows and then I would just be dead. Yep. like I would just be. I couldn't. It was so uncomfortable. And like I don't like I don't like hot to begin with. Yeah. Oh. And somebody warned me. They were like, because I was trying to get somebody to go with me. And, it, and he had already gone. And it was like, dude, you don't even know what the fuck you're in for. Correct. What does he like? It is going to be like nothing you have ever felt before. Yeah. I was like, ah, come on, summer, Philly, blah, blah, blah. Nope. No, it, this was you would walk out of that hotel and it would be like a hairdryer hitting
1: you. Yeah, no, it's like like the weather is identical to Orlando in the summertime, but in Japan they also have the concept of called cool biz, which means it has to reach a certain temperature before certain places, especially like public buildings, gymnasiums, schools, will turn on the air conditioning. Oh, so I actually collapsed mid sentence in the middle of class one day because it was so hot and humid in my classroom.
2: We had wow. the windows
1: open because the air conditioning wasn't it wasn't. It was like literally a degree or two just under that they couldn't turn the air conditioning on.
0: Oh, I would have died. I, really I almost
1: did because I if, <laughs> had I not cleared the ch- the chalkboard railing and the desk, I would have been like I would have had this massive gash on my forehead after I like hit something on the way down.
0: Oh my god! Like how was it? How hot was it in the room?
1: Well, it, it, there was no breeze. Like it's like you know if you're outside in Florida in the summertime and there's no breeze and it's just hot and wet and the air's not moving. It just, Ugh. you just, you just, it's just, you just can't breathe after a while. Cause you're just sitting there just marinating.
0: <laughs> if right. You really are. You're sitting in your own it's sweat. Like, you're like, you just
1: like turning into a steam bun, just standing there. So right. It's not a good look. I, I assure you.
0: It really is. So how did all this, this is, this is one of the most interesting conversations I've had. I've had, to, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying. Thank like I, Like we, I've had to do, this is number three, number four. I don't know. Um. I'm fascinated. All right. So how did a flight attendant who studied abroad, teaching, anime fan, get into the pro wrestling?
1: Okay. Well, back when I was a university student, I watched the Monday Night Wars unfold in real time. Okay. So I was a WWF fan. The match that got me into WWE was the No Mercy Ladder match between Edge and Christian and the Hardys for the Terry Reynolds Invitational. Okay. That, that was the match i watched and said all right maybe i'll give this wrestling thing a go um and then that was like 1999 to the early aughts so right up until i left for japan i was watching wwf and i remember watching you know i bought my competition and all that all that stuff right. i remember all of it what i kick myself about is that when i was in japan I saw, you know, Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto on TV and I knew they were wrestlers. And I, had, you know, I would see the occasional wrestling poster when I would go to Osaka, but I was, I, I, I was so self-conscious about it that I never asked anybody about it. Mm. And I kicked and- myself because I could have gotten in on the ground floor with Tanahashi and Goto yeah. and Naito yeah. and like all the big names that are like some of my favorite wrestlers. Now I could have, you know, I could have spent the last 15 to 20 years of my life following their journeys but i was like i was more into watching tv dramas and watching japanese comedy and variety tv shows back then but like wrestling was always like they didn't come ever come to totori because totori is so small like the the offshot, i think like the last time they went to like for example new japan went to totori was in 2018 there was a stop for the super junior tag league Oof. and i only remember that specific tour because the gym they went to the Totori San which is right next to the apartment building I used I first lived in when I lived in Japan. Right next door. Literally I could like like if I could stand on my balcony, I could throw a shoe and hit the building.
0: Now like, was that your see. first show you went to?
1: No, I didn't go to I, I hadn't I hadn't gone to wrestling until 2014. So I, had, I, you know, I came back in 2009. I worked for a Japanese boarding school in New York for a couple of years. And during that time, I started watching you know, Monday Night Raw again because I was on call Monday night. So I would just put it on, do my laundry, check on my students, whatever. Um, when I was flying, same thing. When I was, I was on call and I was at a hotel, I would put it on like his background noise. But while I was flying, I met a guy here in Orlando and he was into wrestling. So we went to an NXT show together. Now, this NXT house show, the main event was Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville against Finn Balor in a debuting Hideo Itami. Okay. So Hideo Itami and Finn Balor won the match, and then they proceeded to go around the ring and take pictures with everyone after the match. I took one look at Ken's, and I was like, oh, my God, who is this man? <laughs> I need to know who he is. Right. And then I, I, you know, I started going to NXT regularly, but I also started learning about pro wrestling. No, because I was curious to know about like why he was such a big deal, because I didn't know who he was because I wasn't in touch with the Japan wrestling scene. Mm. So then I started, you know, I started watching NXT regularly and then, you know, they brought in Shinsuke and they brought in Asuka and I never knew how to get tickets to go to full sale. So I would just I would just watch, you know, NXT, even though it was like across town for me uh I'd watch it on TV whatever and by this point I was working at one of the local universities where I work today and they had a uh a retweet contest for full sale uh for like win two NXT tickets for a taping I'm like all right yeah I'll just I'll retweet it why not all right well it turned out that that was the finale of the Cruiserweight Classic
0: oh wow okay
1: <laughs> so I got to go to the Cruiserweight Classic in full sale and you know see koto abushi for the first time and Zack sure. saber jr for the first sure. time and mascara dorada and all like you know all the guys that made up 205 live and i was like oh man this is so good right and then still didn't get into any japanese wrestling beyond you know what i whatever i saw in nxt as the, they kept bringing in people and you know putting the belt on Shinsuke, game putting the belt on asuka whatever um fast forward to 2017 uh that was when i was uh, You know, WrestleMania was coming to Orlando, so I had started following British wrestling because a lot of my friends at the time were all like, you need to watch Brit wrestling; It's really great. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, all right. So then I started watching uh, WCPW and they had this very ambitious, like 96 person pro wrestling World Cup on YouTube and it was all streamed for free. Mm -hmm. So I watched the Japan Bracket. And I was introduced to Kushida, who I would like to credit Kushida for, you know, Kenta started changing. Uh, Kenta and Kushida are responsible for who I am today as a content creator with, with wrestling.
0: OK, okay. OK.
1: Kenta was the one who got me interested in Japanese wrestling scene. So I started learning about Noah. I mean, Shinsuke and Asuka, of course, they're both very important as well. But it was seeing Kushida wrestle a young lion, Tanaka at that particular WCPW Japan bracket. I was like, I messaged a and I was like, who is this guy? Okay. He, he, he speaks English. Like, I was like, he speaks English. He's got all these championship belts. And I, was, and I was like, I didn't know like, I remember like around that time, Liger was on like a, like a one NXT. And I was like, who's this guy? He has to be really important. So it was, it's like, I started putting the pieces together. But after that Japan bracket, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch New Japan. And what's the first thing I turn on after making that decision? The G1. <laughs> wow.
0: Jumping right into the pool. Nice. I
1: dove headlong into the deep end. And, you know, the thing about, you know, discovering about Japanese wrestling and the Japanese wrestling fans is that I felt I felt the connection to Japan that I had been missing because of my my current day job. Right. So I would start, you know, tweeting in Japanese. I would inter- start interacting with Japanese fans. I would meet up with people at different shows. And it kind of just snowballed into everything that goes on now with, you know, me working with Post and me working with Tama Tonga on his podcast and, you know. You know, coming on here and talking with you for the first time after like following Super J Cast for like three years now.
0: <laughs> That's I mean I'm 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 like I'm thrilled that all that that you were able to experience all that and like I'm fascinated by the fact that like you dove head first like you are a pro wrestling fan like you watch everything.
1: I I try.
0: <laughs> right.
1: It's very tiring.
0: Yeah. I mean, how did you, I mean, so again, the transition from WWEF to again, new Japan, are, are you watching it on access? Are you like, you're not just dropping your, your $10 a month. Are you like downloading torrents? Like, how are you finding the content?
1: Uh, well, the thing is, is that I watch stardom on delay on stardom world. I do with coverage for post. I, you know, I get the tickets covered for the um the live streams for that new Japan's new Japan world. But you know when they have it on fight for whenever they do their U.S. shows, I pay out of pocket if I'm not going at in person.
0: Right, but before, like, be- like you're making the transition. You see oh, Kenta. I, I
1: I may or may not have found some some distributors of DVDs. Uh,
0: okay, I'm I'm familiar with that. <laughs> that that's
1: how I, I, I got my Noah fix and f- my love for TMDK, especially Shane Haste. Yes, uh, <laughs> I have a very very soft spot for Shane, especially w- when he fights against Kenta, um, based upon their time, and that's also why I'm I'm also glad i'm finally back into watching noah again because especially when he came back to noah earlier this year before he got injured it was just like i finally got to you know experience more of go Shiozaki and nakajima and kenno and all, all the guys that i remember when they were in you know 2016 noah they're very different people from back then to who they are now
0: man yeah it, 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 just the last show I was at in Japan at Corkin was a Noah show, and it feels like it's a completely different promotion from that time.
1: I've never been to a show at Korakuen Hall. Really, my first trip back to Japan was for Wrestle Kingdom in 2020, and that was my first time back to Japan in six years. Wow! And I had made plans with so many different friends to go to a lot of wrestling yeah. shows. But most of the wrestling shows weren't at Korakuen Hall. There was the dome, the two dome shows. But I went, out, I went out to two AW all the way out in Chiba. I went to like a basement monster show. I went to Shinkiba to watch Stardom. But like Korakuen Hall is has eluded me.
0: Wow, I mean, when I'm trying to think, the last time it felt like there was a million shows, like the, all Japan and Big Japan would run the same day. Yeah, um, I think there would be wave would be there yeah and, um, ice ribbon would be there and then then we would go out to um oh what's the barn um <laughs> it's like a fire hazard waiting to happen well that, that's, uh, that's that's a lot ring. of
1: places in japan honestly yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it first ring first ring Oh, cava like, yeah.
1: It, yeah, it looks, yeah it looks like it looks like a tool shed out in the middle of in the middle <laughs> of nowhere
0: yeah it looks like we you, like we pick up lumber at home depot yes. yeah because yeah. it's literally
1: made out of like tin roofing walls. Right. It really is. Very drafty. I don't recommend sitting against the wall. That's not like with the bleachers, because I was so cold.
0: Yeah. It was it was an experience. Yeah. Um, and then uh not first ring, but that was that one. Um face. Shinzuku face.
1: Haven't been there yet. That's on my list next time.
0: So the first time I go to Japan, um, it was the return of FMW. And I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, I I have to find a way to get tickets. So I bought tickets at Corkin, but I got the wrong date. I got, I think I got the next weekend, oh, no. and I didn't know it until like the last minute. So my Cheryl goes, try, try downstairs. Maybe they can. I was like, Cheryl, this is like an indie promotion of indie promotions, right? They're not even going. I'm going to. They're going to look at the ticket and not even know what the what this is. Yeah, right. Go down. The guy's like. I felt like I was sitting at the principal's office <laughs> and, and <laughs> I sit there, and he's like, okay, you know, I, I kind of explained and he understands and he's writing stuff down he gets on the phone, he gets on another call, talking to somebody, writing something. talking. Yeah. He's like, uh, Mr. McDonald, give this paper to, uh, I, I couldn't even tell you the name, but, but like they will exchange your ticket and get you in the building. I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if like if I went to Boston and and this happened, they'd be like, "Well, you're fucked, son."
1: <laughs> you know? Hope you can find someone to buy your ticket so you can right. buy another one. That's yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Um and yeah, it's like on the 5th floor in the it's like yeah. in the middle, of the red red light district, yep. right? Um yeah, unbelievable. Um uh, so I I can wow, that's I, I didn't know that you hadn't been there. Well, you got, you got to check that off.
1: That's my my, my goal for next time is definitely, especially because I want to see all Japan and Noah And I know that that's a venue that they regularly run around that time of year. So fingers crossed.
0: Now. So getting deep into Noah and getting deep into new Japan, have you gone back into the archives, looked around, watched as much as you could? I'm assuming. Are there people back in the day that is like, Ooh, I like that guy. Ooh. I like that guy that he's really good. like, is there like, have you, has that happened to you yet?
1: Uh, WH park over at post. I know. WH park. Love me some WH park. He threw me a a, a link to a match between Akira Taoi and Satoshi Kojima from Mm. 2005. And he said, Karen, are we able to wait? Are we able to swear on this?
0: absolutely please
1: i just wanted to make sure before he dropped it he's like this is very much your shit and i'm like oh is it and he's like it has kojima in it i'm like oh does it 2005 karen had she watched wrestling in japan she would have been a massive massive satoshi kojima fan Mm. more so than i am i'm a huge fan right now but oh man koji oh (laughs) oh Oh, man and my, my see new japan world needs to put more of the archive stuff Onto Agreed. the new japan world just because like for example you know i for those who don't know me i am also a very huge roppongi 3k fan and a huge fan of show and yo so i tried to go back and watch their young lion matches like you know when they debuted in the original never Openweight tournament those matches aren't on new japan world mm. so i don't know where i'd have to go to find them but they're not the one place that they should be because that's part of their career so that i mean i'm hoping at some point they'll consider putting the back catalog for more of their talent onto New Japan World. It's
0: weird. Like, a lot of the great stuff back in the day, because I'm an old man.
2: uh... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club off. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested
0: gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. like I find it amazing that New Japan doesn't have the rights to that. <laughs> like how can they even, it's your product. But it's the T V network um that, that owns a lot yeah, of that. Masahi so television
1: like, owns yeah. everything.
0: <laughs> so it's like, you know, you you get it through tape collecting and then you find it, you know, you know. Like put it up because that's some of the best stuff that You know, that people just don't have any eyeballs on just because they don't have access to it.
1: And then that's the thing is that I feel like there are a lot of wrestlers that people are sleeping on purely because there's the limit on the international audience side of it. Purely because of the limited amount of information. And, you know, there are places on the Internet where you can acquire such footage. But it would say more to, you know, the fan base if those matches were added. I don't know the the how the logistics would work about adding English commentary cuz I know they they do do the occasional vintage match with English commentary, but it's just yeah. like I feel like a lot of newer fans, myself included, are like from like 2017 on. But when you have a company that's 50 years old, there's so much history that's not readily available or accessible. And you know, we don't buy DVDs like the Japanese do.
0: Right. Right. And
1: you know Japanese DVDs are very expensive. I don't. I don't have seventy dollars to drop for a DVD. Right. <laughs> I can do a lot of damage at a Walmart with seventy dollars in the DVD <laughs> bin.
0: Let's be honest. Right. Right. <laughs> it is amazing that yeah, DVDs are still a thing. Yeah. Um, so now we're. Do you watch the English feed or do you watch the Japanese feeds?
1: It depends on my mood, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a massive Kevin Kelly fan. So.
0: Oh, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, we
0: love Kevin, he's going on the show often.
1: I I I I feel like I learn not just about the match and but about calling matches by listening to him call matches. Mm. Like I feel like it's him as a commentator, in my mind, is one of the best, if not the best, in the world. And it's a masterclass on doing all the things and working through all kinds of conditions. Cause you know, there have been times where he's had to like hold a monitor on his lap and call the show because the table's gone or, you know, he has to stand up and, you know, Lance Archer throw somebody through a table. Like it, it's just one of those things where he's a, in my mind, he's a consummate professional and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. And I feel like I always learn something new from him every time he calls a match.
0: Yeah. And I, I and one of the things when I always mentioned it to him like his love of sports. Like you can, you can almost,
1: you can taste it. it.
0: Yeah. Like, like he, I, I, if he was not involved in pro wrestling, he would absolutely be calling baseball absolutely. or something along that with it, like a cadence. Um,
1: He'd be a great baseball commentator.
0: I know. I I mean, listen, he, he loves his baseball, loves his baseball.
1: I appreciate he also that. He, I mean, him and I will 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 agree to disagree on which of the New York teams is the better choice just <laughs> right. like he and I disagree about which Florida college football team are, is the best around Thanksgiving cuz he and I go to have went to rival schools so wow. there's like so like baseball season when the Yankees and the Mets are going, and when Florida and Florida State are going, those are the two times that I, I love Kevin, but I don't like him very
0: much. <laughs> he loves his Mets. He loves well. I mean, you know, he he loves to to to, to turn the screws on Phillies fans. As Carino is one of them. Uh, so yes, he. So what uh, you said, he the, he the way he calls a match. Yeah, you learn something every every time he calls. Yeah, like give me an example like what like why do you like uh, him above say i don't know um, pfft, pick a name i don't know wrestling commentator x uh, like what is he giving you that you can't find somewhere else
1: one like don't i love me some more i love me some more yeah but m- sometimes when I, even when i was in NXT and i was in the room with him and i could hear him calling matches like right next to me um sometimes he had too many pop culture references that some were very niche so mm-hmm. it was h- hard to follow along kevin explains things in my mind that if you're watching wrestling for the first time you can understand what's going on yeah you, he can tell you the story he can tell you what's happening and it's hard because there there are, like there are a lot of commentators that they 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 do the same thing But sometimes they have so many things that they want to talk about that they're talking so fast that you can't keep up with what's you can't watch what you're what you're watching because you're trying to focus on what he's saying. So, you know, that you're not it's just like Excalibur is a great example. I love Excalibur, but sometimes he has like too many things that he has to cover all in one breath. Yeah, especially as like as Rampage is going off the air and he's like, here's a laundry list of all the things I need to talk about right now. And right. it's like, do you remember the Micro Machine Man from the yes, 80s?
0: Yes, I sure do. Yes.
1: I, I I always think of that because it's just so much information that I just feel like I'm just, I end up gaping at the screen just being like, wait, what? Yeah. Kevin yeah. has this natural ebb and flow where he he knows how to time things where you can follow what's going on, but you don't miss any of the action. Yeah. And I think that's like the key point of, a, of someone who does play by plays. And, and that's why a lot, I enjoyed listening to the Japanese commentary as well. Because they have such a diverse panel, and it's always good to hear the wrestlers talk wrestling, and that's what I miss about you know this time of year with the COVID protocols. I miss hearing Rocky on commentary because mm-hmm. Rocky, you know, even though he you know he'd like stick it to Bushi and you know you know have his little rivalry, you know, listening to Rocky talk about wrestling as a wrestler is fascinating to me. Just like yeah. hearing any of the Japanese wrestlers that they put on commentary, it doesn't matter if it's Master Wato or Tanahashi. Hearing them, hearing people talk about the craft that they 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 are honing and working on, and you know, even you know, complimenting people they're normally rivals with, it just speaks a lot to how much everyone loves the wrestling.
0: Yeah, is that is that one of the main reasons why you gravitate more to? Like, I'm I'm assuming that you're not watching a lot of WWE now. Like- uh,
1: no, unfortunately between you know being someone who lives here in Orlando and knowing that all the hoops they went through to become an essential company during the pandemic and then they immediately started firing people mm-hmm. where they were an essential company but their employees were expendable it made it hard to watch so watching a lot of, you know watching NXT black and gold get gutted and rebranded 2.0 was hard to watch everything that's going on in the recent media about you know NDAs and such at some point I just, I can't with a good conscience watch it anymore. Right. And it sucks because I have friends that still work there and I want them to succeed, but I'm also just like, as long as you're getting paid and you're getting your, you and yours are being taken care of, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. It is what it is. It's your life. It's not mine, but I can't watch it. I really can't.
0: No, I agree. I'm with you a thousand percent. Do you think that the New Japan fandom, and I hate saying fandom, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you think the New Japan fandom has something to do extra, I guess, with your love of this product?
1: I think every fandom has its 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 rays of sh- sunshine and its dark corners. If it were like you know, it's the same thing with Star Wars fandom and Marvel fandom, you know. But for me, yeah, the stardom, the stardom, talking about stardom as well. The New Japan fans that I've become friends with, you know, both on both sides of the of the ocean, oceans as it works, all the oceans in the world are connected. Um, but you know, the Japanese speaking fans, the English speaking fans, same thing with stardom and like you know, dabbling in the Noah fandom. I've been able to find a lot of great people, and I feel like finding the right people in a fandom can make you enjoy it just as much as, you know, finding the wrong side of the fandom can make you be like, man, this isn't for me.
0: Right, right. When you, do you see more of the good or the bad doing what you do with post and your writing? I guess a better question would be, how do you balance the good and the bad?
1: Um, I think a lot of the good and the bad got weeded itself out. A lot of the bad weeded itself out when Hana Kimura passed and when Speaking Out happened two years ago. Um, because a lot of people that I was following mutually, maybe I didn't necessarily know who they were. You know, I just followed because they followed me. Mm. Um, There were people that showed sides of their personality that I was like, this doesn't jive with me. This is not cool. I'm not okay with this. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where it took a while for me not to feel guilty about it, but embracing the remove follower, mute, and block button features right. on social media has been, especially on Twitter. Twitter is probably the one that I've had to heavily curate my timeline to the point where, when something happens that's big, half of the time I don't know what's going on because I've either muted the muted the hashtag, blocked the people talking about it or whatever so it's sometimes i have to ask someone like so what's going on with all this because apparently it's caught fire somewhere um but with posts, the the community by and large is a very positive one very supportive um i did a uh, episode they have a patreon episode uh series called postmarks where they interview different members of the post community whether it's uh con- the people on the content creating side or people who are you know prominent members of the community and that was the first podcast I actually openly talked about my divorce in and because you know that was 2004 but if there's still like parts of that time in my life that affect me today as an individual sure so yeah, absolutely and it's not like something I want to put on like do a twitter thread about or talk like I don't feel like I have to talk about it because I feel the need to share my experience with the world i only f I only share the that part of me with parts of my community that where I feel safe and post has always been and hopefully will continue to be a place I feel safe
0: that's important i i I mean we try our best to be as accommodating as possible, yeah that being said boy let me i we've come across some real jerks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Unfortunately, I
1: always... that's, that's anywhere you go. It doesn't. It is. It's not limited to anyone' fandom. It's
0: yeah. yeah. It's just I, I late always...
1: life. It's part of the human population. There, there yeah. are jerks wherever you go, whether we like it or not.
0: You're telling me. So it's like, I guess. It, 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 do you purposely like we open the show with the Twitter? Like I'm not. I, I Joel is <laughs> not, not giving me the keys, um, which is a smart thing. Like, do you find yourself and your moods fluctuate with that, or are you able to kind of put that in a box and go about your life?
1: Uh, it, it, there, there are times where you know, like my friend Rob Schamberger, he he's the artist in residence at WWE. Uh, yeah. he, a few years ago, he had me do uh, a narration for a piece on the Kabuki warriors about Asuka and Kyrie's costuming and a print and a painting he was making. And you know, I, I did, I did, I wrote up the script, and he's like, "Well, can you record it too?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." So I recorded and sent him the audio, thinking he was just gonna, like take a clip of it. But then he put the whole thing in his WWE video, and I was oh. like, "I'm terrified." And, and he's like, "Well, whatever you do, don't read the comments." And I'm like, "Are the comments bad?" So of course, like my brain goes immediately to like, "Everybody hates me." Oh my god, All everyone's right. gonna think I'm going to play moron. But it was, it was the he's like, "No," he's like, "From a mental health standpoint, if you're going to do large platform content creation." One, don't fuck it up, <laughs>
2: right. and two, right.
1: don't read the comments in the sense that if you read them, those aren't the people that mean anything to you.
2: Though,
1: right. if if those are not people you would go to advice, those are not the people that you are going to want to receive, like listen to their criticism. Just like right. duck off a water, uh, water off a duck's back. Just let it roll right off.
0: Right. Sometimes it's easier said than done, though.
1: Of course. Because yeah. I'm a Virgo so and I'm a perfectionist. So it's like I want everything to be perfect. And, you know, like letting go of that control, especially when it comes to, you know, either, you know, doing an interview where I get, you know, tongue tied or I can't think of the right word or can't think of the right thing to say or, you know, it, it's it's scary and like invigorating at the same time. But yeah. like for me, like I hate the sound of my own voice. So when I have to inevitably listen to this episode back, I'm going to be like cringing the whole time, being like, "Oh, oh you sound
0: great." I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm
1: but I, I've ne- like I wanted before I became a teacher in Japan. I originally wanted to be a sports newscaster. Is that right? Yeah. So I used to be. I was originally a, a telecom journalism major, but then I got told by my peers that I should consider a different line of work because I have a face for radio. Which shot? You know, I was I was twenty. It shattered my confidence because it, in Florida, all the telecom girls were like five, seven, 110 pounds, soaking wet, blonde, gorgeous, and I'm just like mousy little nerd girl in the corner, being like, I want to be a sports caster, and they're like, Yeah, no, you're never getting on the ESPN, let alone or local TV, let alone ESPN. I'm like, All right, fine.
0: Well, listen, if this fat bald guy can do it, you <laughs> certainly can. I mean, I mean. I wouldn't necessarily say what I do is reporting, but I mean, I'm in the locker room and I'm sticking a microphone in people's faces and, and I do ask questions. And so mostly it's hockey, but I mean, i cover every major sport in, in the city. I mean, thank God I don't have to work Phillies this week, but yeah, it's I, I, the the person I got hired. Um, she was the first female sports broadcaster in Philadelphia. Wow. Her was, yeah. Her name was Donna McQuill. And, um, yeah, uh, I, so I mean, it's it's look, they they're full of shit. They don't know what the fuck. They're, they're talking <laughs> <about>. <laughs> All right, let's do some G one, okay. shall we? Let's. You want, you want to go backwards or you want to go forwards? Because I'm, we're only going to talk about one show, the most recent, and then we can preview a little bit okay. uh, while we're there. Um, I guess some overall thoughts. It's still early, right? It's yes. we're talking, you know, guys haven't even wrestled yet in, right. in some cases any surprises for you um
1: well you know my my man goto doing the thing he and did. defeating tetsuya naito was was like post has a pickum's contest and i voted with my heart not my head and of course i was like yeah there's no way Goto's beating naito and i'm like hot jokes on me let me get my clown nose out now
0: but here's the thing with him Why, i mean his record against naito was is is you know, before that match was not spectacular. Correct. You would expect, I mean, I think everyone is kind of leaning toward, uh, uh, you know, at least him in the finals. Naito. Um, I have Naito
1: winning the whole thing. And now that that's gone promptly out the window.
0: (laughs) No, it should. No, put it to the front. You know, it's, it's that comeback story. It's that we're going to fall behind early, pick up some points late. And then away we go. um, that was a good match, though, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, it was outstanding. I, I that that's the Goto I remember from the G1 in Dallas. Like when he like went to he went to the LA Dojo and came back with like the Shibata abs, and he's like, oh, "I'm LA Dojo now," and we're like, "Yes, King, you do the thing. Go okay, go right. put the G, make the G and G1 mean Goto again, sir." And I think, I think this might be the year that he surprises a lot of people because people have like given up on him.
0: They have, and and uh, here's the thing too: consistently for the past year even you know in the, in when we were knee d- deep in pandemic new japan like he's those tag matches for the, the you know, never six man oh, and, so good they, right so like good. he he's a guy that i think felt i mean and i'm guilty of it too fell completely under the radar yeah and was was an like a, a cornerstone for that pandemic era new japan yes how about how about your uh how about your uh, Tamatanga?
1: <sighs> Tama Tama getting that win over Chase. My I my I'm holding out hope and I know that this is going to send the the Jay White fans getting sharpening their knives after me, but I am hoping that Tama Tonga ruins the G1 or, or should I say the J1 for Jay White cuz hmm. they have that match on the last day and I feel like I mean, if Jay went into the G1 not being champion, I could easily say that this is his year to win it. But since he has the championship, I don't think I think it's with him. He's not going to drop too many losses, but it's going to be a crucial loss that's going to cost him everything. And after you know they put the never open weight on Tama, only to drop it to Carl Anderson, like with, on the first defense, I'm hoping they have something in mind to you know elevate Tama again because they, they they're starting this babyface elevation for him, and I just want them to keep continuing it.
0: Right, I don't want him to call off from that. Correct, right? and I feel like. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that never title being dropped. Uh, I, I, you mean, I sh- you mean, I, you
1: mean to Carl or yeah, yes, I yeah. agree. I agree it, completely. He didn't, he deserved more than a defense with it.
0: Not only that, just like, he, here's a guy who we're you know, he's, he's leaving, you know, the hottest faction yes in new japan and broad,
1: arguably one of the hottest
0: right so now we're you know we don't want them to cool off yeah so yeah i mean but i do like the fact that they do announce these cards in advance so you can do a little prognostication yeah for the final night and be like oh okay this matchup is going to mean something this matchup is going to mean something absolutely um have you who surprised you in the sense of uh better match or maybe oh, not as great a match that you thought going in um so far and again it's early uh,
1: well see what i like about this format and this is the format that and uh noah used the last couple of years for their n1 victory tournament which is their their version of the g1 which is funny because this year they went back to a two block version instead of the four but i digress um i think tanahashi is doing what's best for the company moving forward now which is starting to put over other talent, you know, because he's dropped in the in the previous few years, G1s, he's dropped a loss to Osprey. And look at look at Osprey now. His his star's taken off. He dropped a he dropped a loss to Chase and Chase is, you know, they're there's still pushing him hard in New Japan. Um I was I was pleasantly surprised that he dropped the loss to Hanare. Right. Especially because Hanari has waited six years for his first G one when there have been people like Shingo who have come in or Osprey who have jumped the queue as it were. And to get that birth before him. Uh, I enjoyed Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta purely for all the Noah throwbacks that they kept doing in the match. But what I, what I realized is that, if, you know, some people are saying, like, oh, these matches are so long. The tag matches are so long. You know, if you don't watch it live, put it on 2.0 speed. Yes. And.
0: <laughs> yes. One, See, this is expert one, level advice, though. This one, is right. It,
1: it make, of course, you know, it's a time saver, but. Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton as little chipmunks is absolutely adorable.
0: Right. Okay. Especially,
1: like, what was it? Oh, who was he talking about? Oh, he was talking about Jeff Cobb. So J- Kevin Kelly was calling you know, Okada versus Cobb, and he's like, it's unfair. It's unfair what Jeff Cobb can do. But it, listening to that at 2.0 speed, it's like, it's unfair. It's unfair what Kevin, oh, uh, what Jeff Cobb can do. And I'm like, this is so cute. chipmunk Kevin Kelly.
0: Little chipmunk it, Kevin <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> chipmunk
1: it. Kevin yeah. Kelly. Um, but it, it was one of those things where You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, this match went 10 minutes too long. And I'm like, put it on, put it on double speed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I always tell people that you don't have to watch everything. Like, it's better if you do. Yeah. Because those tag matches are there to build up maybe the matches the next night. Yeah. Same thing with the
1: backstage comments.
0: Right. Right. I mean, it it does add frosting to the cake, but. You can burn out very easily, yes right yes. g one is 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 a marathon, not a sprint correct it, for for everyone watching see on the east coast, my thing is I'll wait until it's over or I'll wake up just right in time for the the four matches to start. Yeah, so I, I'll just wake my eyes open, boop, turn on the TV, and away we go. That's that's a pro tip right there too.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, um, mine's also you know waking up and watching the fu- the last match, and then going back and watching the rest of it while the oh, uh, yes. live stream's still open.
0: <laughs> yes, I absolutely do that. Absolutely. Um, so, you said your pick was Naito. Yes. Do you have a dark horse? Do you have a uh, a, a sleeper pick? I don't uh, know.
1: Well, Goto might be the sleeper right. pick. Um, I don't think Yoshi it's gonna be Yoshihashi's year as much as as the Yoshihashi hive wants to rise up. I'm I'm still hoping beyond hope that Sonata gets his flowers, but again, it all depends on if this is actually Naito's last G1 or not. Because that's the whole, you know, he's turning 40. When he was turning 40, he wanted to retire. You know, he had his he had a drop out of the G1 last year. This could be his that's the conversation that keeps going on. Is that this could theoretically be his last G one, and Sonata's thirty four, so he's got time. So I like as much as I want to say Sonata's my dark horse. After what they did with the U S. Championship early this year, where he got injured, but then they just said, "Oh, we'll, we'll put the belt on Osprey anyway." I was like, "Hmm, maybe this isn't Sonata's year." Right. But I had I had Sonata being the one to advance out of B block purely because I want him and Okada to have that match where if he beats Okada and goes to the finals, but then it would be my other two picks were Shingo and Naito. And I don't see them doing three LIJ guys going to the final uh, the semifinals of the, uh, G1.
0: That would be interesting though. You know that, I mean, we missed out on
1: Naito Shingo last year. So, I mean, if Shingo can beat, win the D block and Naito can win the C block, we'll finally get Naito versus Shingo.
0: Yeah. I like, I like evil as, as a dark horse.
1: Evil will do it, but he won't do it by himself. And I think that's the same way, like how Yujiro is going to rack up more wins than we're expecting because they've decided to give show to Yujiro for the G1.
0: Yeah, (sighs) (laughs) Not for him? You're not liking that?
1: (laughs) You, You know I want nothing but the best for show. And if this is what makes him happy, then as a diehard show fan, I will support his Joker phase and hope he comes out on the other side eventually of it. It's just one of those things where... Like when Kenta fights as a member of bullet club, he fights by himself. Right. Jay, for the most part, cause Ghetto's finally stopped p- playing helicopter parent. He f- fights for the most part by himself. Togo and show they, they, they're too involved in too much of the match.
0: Is that disappointing for you as a f- like, like if, I, if I'm going through and saying, okay, who's a fan of show? Number one, your face is coming up.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> my my thing about show is that like, if this is what he needs to do to succeed on his own right now, then that's fine. I feel they're going to, and I hate to say this, they're probably going to keep the, the singles championship as far away from him as possible. So long as Ishimori is also in bullet club. Um, I think, I feel like with show, I'm gonna have to wait until he turns face again in a few years before they consider putting the belt on him. Because I don't think if he wins it as he is now, he's going to be satisfied with it. I mean, he, he gets paid either way, but it just, I don't know. I may, Maybe it's the teacher and me just wanting the best for him, but I just think he deserves more than being the, the goon that helps people win in the G1. Because, you know, this weekend they're sending Hiromu and Desperado over here for Charlotte. I was hoping that they were going to send more of the juniors over because, you know, but you know yo has the whole g1 off and he's not you no know, he's not coming here in this weekend or either so i right. don't know
0: that's a long drive for you you're driving up to charlotte
1: yeah because flights are absolutely terrible and next week my my homestay student she's been living with me for the last three months she has to go back to japan next week oh. so in order for us to go to like one like one big out of town wrestling show together we decided to do like an american style road trip So we're like planning to stop along the way and grab lunch, but and some friends of mine in Charlotte are going to put us up for the weekend. So we save on hotels, but yeah, I I got new, I got brand new tires on my car. So I'm ready to to drive my little roller skate up the East coast.
0: love it Uh, it's it's always a great time the the road trip absolutely no doubt
1: i I want her to experience an american road trip before she says i never want to do this ever again (laughs) right
0: right yeah after after the fourth hour check in
1: she'll probably be asleep it's fine
0: (laughs) right right okay so, uh, what do we got coming up? What do we got coming up? Let's see here. Uh, tomorrow, what, Saturday? Saturday. Well, tomorrow is not Saturday. But Maybe if you're listening to this, tomorrow is Saturday. Saturday, we have what? Uh, Ishii J. White. We have Okada Toriano. We have uh, Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi. And Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hanare. He's being called based, Aaron Hanare. I what does that mean?
1: I, you're asking the wrong person. I'm not hip with the lingo. Neither am I. If Hanari is listening, could you please tell us what it means to be based? Um, because I'm in my 40s, and I'm an old lady, and I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Joel was like, he's, he's being called based. I was like, I don't know what that means.
1: See, when like, I hear the word do... based, I think of like basting a turkey, and I don't think that's like – the spelling's different. It's like B-A-S-E-D. So I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm not, every I'm, everybody in their 20 I'm not in a hip with the a like, heart. <laughs> right, right. These old fucks. Oh, Jesus. Uh what 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 are we looking forward to here? Uh, uh Ishii and Jay White will be great, right?
1: Ishii and Jay White. I mean, like every year I try to figure out who's going to be the man that makes Ishii smile, his little sneaky, sneaky smile that he got a few years ago when he was wrestling Kenny during the G1. Yep. I think this might be the match for him. But it also depends on how much Jay White fights the match by himself. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if we're gonna get big match Yoshihashi against against Shingo because for some reason whenever he fights Shingo his other his uh his never his his never six man champion Yoshihashi comes out.
0: I think that might be match of the night. Like that has the potential to be match of the night.
1: If if we get big match Yoshihashi, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean... more
1: more so than Ishi. Like it depends on if Jay's gonna be fighting Ishi head on or if he's gonna be running around the ring half the time.
0: Give me some predictions. Zach over Hanari. Uh,
1: as much or as I would hin- like to, as much as I would like to say it's going to be Hanari, I think Zach's going to edge him out.
0: All right. Fair enough. Uh, Yoshihashi Shingo.
1: I don't think they're going to have Shingo drop two losses in a row.
0: Right. I
1: so agree it's probably prob- my heart says Yoshihashi, but my brain saying is saying Shingo.
0: Okada Toro Yano.
1: Now see here's the thing.
0: Is this a KOP? Uh, can this be?
1: <laughs> no, because because Shingo's the KOPW champion. Oh, that's right. However, no, that's right. if we f- rewind back to summer 2020 at Summer Struggle, the first inaugural King of Pro Wrestling four-way match, it was Yana Taro who pinned Okada Kazuchika for, to win the championship.
0: Yeah. You know... A lot of people forget that it was Okada's doing for this (laughs) King of Pro. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he, and he just turned his back on it. Like, he has nothing
1: to do with it. I was calling it the Kazuchika Okada Pro Wrestling.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Is Yano getting a sneaky win here? No way, right? Well, see,
1: here's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, Okada going to the finals would, or at least the semifinals is like, I don't want to say it's a given, but it's like what everyone's expecting. But part of me just wants to see someone that's not Okada go, but it all depends on who's going to be the best. If, 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 theoretically, if Jay's winning the B block, who is the so. best foil for him? It's going to be Okada. Yeah. But I would I would love to see Yano pull pull another little bit of Yano magic out and you just ruin Okada's night because you know Okada's supposed to be going on paternity leave he doesn't need to win the G one again he won last year
0: yeah he's you know of of any guy that I I think of off the top of my head that that deserved that and I put in air quotes pandemic break even though he his title run was really underrated yes. It's him. Yes. Like, he's a guy... I, and I always go back to that documentary of him. I don't know if you saw that. His... Uh, the G1, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, And him just unable to get out of bed. Yeah. And unable to move. Like, he's walking around like he's 70 years old. Yeah. Uh, it feels like... And I could be dead wrong. But it feels like he has found the, the miracle cure. I don't know. <laughs> but he feels... He feels a uh, fresher and a little bit more, uh, a little more pep in the step.
1: I, I think Okada's also, well, one married married life's doing him. Well, all right. Um, I think he's also realizing he doesn't need to go so hard to carry the company by himself. He's not the company. There's more than enough people to do all the heavy lifting alongside him. And I think that's been the hardest thing for him because from the time he's come back, by and large, he's been a singles champion. Yeah. Like, has he ever won a tag team championship?
0: Mm-mm, not in the company, no.
1: So that's part of it. Like, put him, put him in a tag team for a little bit. I don't know with who because you know Yoshihashi and Goto are paired off. I don't think him and Ishii would be a good tag team.
0: But... Come on, Yo! What are you saying? Oh
1: God! boy <laughs> boy
0: sliding right in. Come on, Yo!
1: <laughs> God, please, right? I, come on. I, I need them to figure out whatever, whatever mental or physical or booking barrier is keeping Yo down because I miss as much as I love him going through his moody artistic phase right now. I do miss the, the, the flash and the, like, the sneaky smiles and, you know, I want him to look like he loves wrestling again. And I don't think that's not the vibe I'm getting from Yo right now. Like
0: really? Yeah. You're feeling that too? Cause yeah. I've said that. Yep.
1: I, okay. I, I I miss him, like, I, you know, it came out a little bit when he was feuding with Hiromo and when he was feuding with Despy. I feel like that light has been, like, ever since him and Show broke up, like, he hasn't figured out how to channel the energy he's had with other opponents towards the one person he should have the most chemistry with. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
0: No, it absolutely does And I would also go one further and say I would have preferred Yo in... House of Torture as opposed to show.
1: Honestly, I thought when they split up that show was going to stay babyface and Yo is going to turn heel and join United Empire. Mm. But apparently Yo's preference is that he wants to be a babyface. Okay, but also look like you care about your job, please. <laughs> I I, I, uh, I and I say that from a place of love because he yes. he is also one of my other favorite wrestlers, but it just like you can tell when someone's going through the motions and they have no joy in what they're doing. Mm. I feel like he doesn't have that joy anymore. And I want, to, I want, I want him to like Marie Kondo, whatever's going on in his life and just like find what sparks joy for him in wrestling.
0: Do you think that's elsewhere?
1: I think him being able to do other creative pursuits. Like he's really like, I think this coming weekend he's, he's launched his own online uh, shop through um Amuse and uh, a, a, as smart as smart where it's like usually it's like pop idols and like musicians that release like cds and merchandise but he's releasing like his own little zine with like photos that he's taken over the last couple of years he's designed a coffee mug like he has other creative pursuits and i think him starting to be able to you remember when he did like the art shows a few years ago and everyone gave him part of my life we gave him shit for it because it was all poop themed
0: yes yes i do remember that yes yes it was poop themed and i was it yes.
1: was poop themed but yeah. but that but that was another thing that he, you know, that was him trying to share his passion for his art with people. And for lack of a better term, a lot of the Western fans, be we shit on it.
0: Well, the problem is, is that he's he's put that poop art into his ring work. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That was terrible. But, but, boo but, me. Boo.
1: Boo. <laughs> but boo this man. But boo. but th- but that's the thing is that like it's right now when he's doing all the his like all white gear and everything it's kind of more of an off-white as opposed to like a pure snow white and i feel like he, his costumes have now become his canvas he just needs to figure out how to express what he wants to express but mm. i know that, that has absolutely nothing to do with the g1 that's just me trying to figure out how to how to make people care about show you again.
0: No, and I no, yeah. I mean and and it's hard because I'm sure he has 50 people in his ear and now oh, you got to do this. yeah oh, you got to you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the life of a pro wrestler yeah. it seems like. But uh Ishi think- Ishi oh. J- No, I'm sorry,
1: i I was to say but at least he has his creative things that, you know, like his creative pursuits in particular helped him through the time where he was like out injured. So he's been able to you know keep doing things that he loves. So it, I think being able to maybe when the time comes for him to start sharing stuff like that from him again, because that's why he quit Twitter and like Instagram for the longest time because people just kept bombarding him with negativity. Mm. I think we as fans need to be also a little more cognizant about the things we say and how we say them to people. Because, you know, with, with the internet, especially when it's like just text and there's no voice, there's no facial uh, responses or anything like that. It's, sarcasm gets lost in translation tone gets misunderstood and you know sometimes people read things negatively when they're actually supposed to be a compliment you know what i mean so it's just one of those yeah. things where it's just like i want maybe just a little more kindness from the world if that's too much to ask
0: trust me i would love it in every every fact just like you said star wars hockey what well, you name it yeah it's there and and i would love if pro wrestlers just like just deleted their twitter accounts <laughs> Like I would just be so happy for all for everyone involved, for everyone involved.
1: It, it's it's uh, it's the blurring of the line between being in character and promoting your work. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: some should just promote like retweet what they're what they're tagged in for like work related things and just leave it at that.
0: Leave it at that. I'm don't don't interact. Full. Just yeah, it's not worth it. It's, <laughs> it's not, never it's, worth it. It's, it, really it really isn't. isn't. Uh, Ishi J White, how you feeling? <sighs> He's got to lose sometime, right?
1: I could see this being one of Jay's few losses.
0: Right. A little Ishii title defense.
1: Correct. Cuz that but I I just don't want people to make it like make that parallel that it's him doing Kenny 2.0 with Jay cuz I don't think that's a fair thing to say to say to Jay cuz him and Kenny are both very different wrestlers. But when I look at the block as a whole, Ishii would be someone I could off the top like just gun to my head quick look at it. Ishii would be easily someone that Jay could lose to. Yeah. Especially if Ghetto gets in the way, like he does sometimes.
0: He, yes. Your personal favorite, not who's, but be- your personal favorite, Jay White, Kenny Omega.
1: It's apples and oranges.
0: It is. Do you like apples? Would you like orange?
1: Uh, I'm, I lean towards Jay. Only yeah. because there were things that Kenny had said during his buildup with Tanahashi at that Wrestle Kingdom that I very much disagreed with, whether it was in character or out of character. So that as a whole, like, I've met Kenny before at events. He's an absolutely lovely person, phenomenal wrestler. But at, like I can't, like, I tried to forgive, but I can't forget that time of wrestling for me. Okay. So, But with Jay, Jay has all the tools. I just need Ghetto to stop feeling like training wheels on him all the time. Because Jay yeah, can talk he- for himself. He can wrestle for himself. He can cheat by himself. He doesn't need Ghetto getting involved as much as he does. I know they do it to make his opponents not look as weak when Jay beats them clean. But at the same time, it's like I can't. It's the same thing with, you know, when Jotto was a heel, Jotto would always get involved with Dick Togo. I love Evil. Evil was one of my favorite members of LIJ. But now I can't, like, watch a single match of his and not expect Dick Togo, Yujiro, and or show to get involved in the match. And that becomes a discredit to Evil and his ability in right. the long run.
0: Now, I'm going to give you the counter argument. Okay. And, and Joel kind of smartened me to this a little bit. And maybe I wasn't looking at it the right way, whatever. But do you find yourself actively rooting against evil, no matter who it's against? Like just actively hoping that they be evil, and and to me, that's New Japan doing their job, like of getting me to do.
2: <laughs> I'm probably hate
0: evil.
1: I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm a, I'm a fair bit of an evil apologist. <laughs>
0: okay all right
1: um largely because i i you know like i said when he was in lij he was one of my favorites i think you know him turning heel during a time where fans couldn't you know so much as breathe let alone like express their discomfort in him turning on lij it put him in a hard place and i don't think that's necessarily i know a lot of people like it's easier to blame the person than to blame the situation he was in but largely the situation he was in at the time they turned him played a significant role in it it's the same thing with you know show turning on yo it was Damn. dead silent when he turned on him in Korokwin Hall it was dead silent when he interrupted the finals of the best of the super juniors but th- because that's the location if, if th- one of those turns had happened here in the states you you could hear the booze from the states to Japan Right. and I think that's part of the problem but the other thing is, is that you know the Japanese fans were doing what they needed to do to have the show so we could get to watch it along with them because if they didn't, if they wanted to cheer, fewer people would go, meaning they couldn't afford to buy the venue. They couldn't afford to pay the wrestlers. And, you know, you know, they were keeping the fans over there were the ones that were keeping the lights on pretty much by buying the tickets for every single eight eight in a row Cole Rakwan shows that they were doing at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I need House of Torture to break off from Bullet Club because Bullet Club is too big. It feels very NWO to me, and I didn't like it when NWO was NWO. So I don't want there's, I don't want two of that.
0: There's more people joining it now than there are leaving. Right? Correct. <laughs>
1: they they got Correct. rid of two and a half because I don't count Jado because Jado Jado and Ghetto breaking up seems to be more of a like the the overarching story about Bullet Club than actually like Jade kicking out Tonga at times. So. Right. But like i I keep hoping that House of Torture or evil will turn on Jay at some point. I kept hoping that Kenshin and Ishimori would join House of Torture just because they do submission moves and they would all just float off into the sunset and leave Bullet Club to figure out what they're doing. but yeah, so again,
0: but how difficult was it for you during that time period and, and like and we're still kind of in it. did that impact your? love of the product at all or the or do, or there have been people that we i've talked to that that fell in love with it more just because of the the what new japan was up against i
1: i think having lived over there and knowing how staunchly uh for the lo- most part how people like to follow the rules over there so if the government mandates xyz people will do it so i was more resigned to it and being like well this is the situation it is what it is and I, I know that that might be a very like offhanded or very like lackadaisical approach, but it's one of those things where the alternative would have been new Japan, not running shows right. and possibly closing altogether right before their 50th anniversary. Because if, if, you know, if fans wanted to cheer, you know, then they had their share of, you know, they had their share of COVID outbreaks or tem- or temperature issues with fevers. That was just kind of like, it, and it wasn't just limited to them. You know, Other companies had people that were testing positive or having fevers and you know, shows getting canceled. For me, it was more of the... It was a global pandemic. We're still in a global pandemic. They're making the most of what they can within the situation they're given. That's why like I I try not to down... Like, Nay, say the G1s and the Best of the Super Juniors and basically anything that New Japan or any other wrestling company has done in the last two years because... They're doing with everything they can to bring wrestling to us. They don't have to, but it it's it's just because they're just trying to keep the lights on and keep all these people employed.
0: That's one the one thing I think people forget is it, it it. There's more than just the performers in the ring. Yeah, there's the people you know, in the
1: office, the people who set yes. up the ring, the people that sell the tickets, the people that tear merch. the tickets, okay. merch.
0: It's it, it 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 was a sca- like when you look back on that and it, and it feels like the light is at the end of the tunnel now and it feels like you know the clouds are starting to part. When you look back on that time, do you just shake your head and be like, "What? What did I live through?" <laughs> right.
1: I, I, did- I think we all, if we all yeah. look back at like what the last two years for, for everyone has been, you know, between. See, for me, having lived in Japan, I was already used to wearing a mask because I had really bad hay fever and I didn't like having my nose run while I was like teaching class or walking around like sweating. Like anyway. So for me, like wearing a mask and I still mask up, not all the time because I am you know, vaccinated and boosted and all that good stuff. But like for me, it's like I don't I never looked at it as a negative. I looked at it as I need to think that this situation doesn't only directly affect me. It affects every single person in my life. It affects every person that I don't know and the people in their life. So with as many people that have passed in the last few years because of it, my my approach is basically this. I don't want to be responsible. For someone dying if you, if if covering my face and being having a little bit of discomfort is what needs to be done to save lives then fine cuz this is bigger how, than me
0: how much of your time in japan and that the the attitude that everyone should have mm. like how much do you think your time in japan influenced your train of thought oh there? it
1: absolutely did yeah. it could it, it, because for me it was it just made sense to me when, even when they, they were starting announcing that, you know, people need to wear masks. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. And people were like, well, aren't you, aren't you upset about it? I'm like, no, why? I'm like, if, like, I don't like, you know, when, you know, we're out in public. If somebody sneezes and they don't cover their mouth, it's the same thing. Mm. Or, you know, I had to actually boil it down for someone who was just very, like, dude broy about. I was like, I don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, like, let me break it down to you as if you were a college student. I don't know who you've slept with. I don't know where you've been. I'm going to do everything I can to protect me cuz you're obviously don't care enough to protect yourself let alone anybody else in your life. And I feel like that's the approach we need to like approach it as is that not like ew everybody has cooties but yeah everybody has cooties cuz you, you you don't know <laughs> you don't know who's asymptomatic, who's you know purely has it on their person and is just carrying it along. So it's just one of those things where it's just like just think of like it's this whole thing is bigger than all of us. No one person is bigger than this situation. Not a single yeah. one.
0: Well, look, it's uh, from a pro wrestling perspective. Yes, we we have a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, and and if everything fingers crossed, toes crossed, all of that, September is when we're targeting fans cheering, Correct. whether they're in sections. Do you think and I've been asked this and I'm going to ask you this. Do you think you'll get emotional when you when you hear a crowd for the first time in years?
1: So I watched Tokyo Joshi Pro's Summer Sun Princess on the 9th, same day as stardom. Watched both shows on the same day. DDT that weekend they ran three shows, a DDT show, a Body Pro show and Summer Sun Princess, and all three allowed vocal cheering. Mm. and streamers really and let me tell you when every single time one of the girls came out to their theme and the ring announcer said their name and you heard the fans just call their names and like every single person every single talent that was in that ring was on the verge of tears wow i was like because i I always think back to how you know when kevin and chris i talked about on commentary where tanahashi reached out to that little girl that it was like calling out to him and call and like reaching her hand out. And he, he couldn't express to right. her that he can't touch her because of the pandemic. I always think about that moment. And I think, you know, everyone like, jokes around, Oh, a is a big crier, but, but that's the thing is that they've, there's this concept of gamang in Japanese, which is like self-control and like keeping it, every- like bottling everything up inside and keeping it all like contained. And that's what everybody that has gone over there has done. They've, not just the wrestlers or the people working there, but every single fan that has bought a ticket, every single person that's gone to a show or helped a show happen. All they've done is hold back and hold back and hold back that it's like that weekend for new Japan is going to be exceptionally, exceptionally emotional for everybody. Yeah. Some of the guys came over here and wrestled in in front of a U.S. crowd, but what, if, where have they wrestled the bulk of their work for the last two and a half years? Not here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great day. Yes, Karen, I am thrilled.
1: New Japan thought about my birthday specifically. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is, is that right? Is it like, okay,
1: birthday's on the seventh, so it's like re- immediately after this, those, the, those Labor Day weekend shows.
0: Perfect, perfect. That's a that's a that's a birthday present yes. right there. Karen, this has been awesome. I really <laughs> appreciate you taking time out of, of your schedule. You're you're traveling. You've got other podcasts. Uh, and you took the time to uh, sit and talk with me, and have our listeners get a little get a little bit uh, a piece of uh, what makes you tick. And it was super interesting and super fun. Thank and you. I would love to have you back on again.
1: Anytime, I will make time for the Super J Cast, and I promise that I won't like Shanghai it like I do over at Grapple. Because apparently at Grapple, it's the Karen Peterson show when I'm over there. <laughs> I will not turn this into the Super K Cast. I assure you.
0: Uh, we will listen. talk about wrestling. <laughs> maybe a little bit. If, maybe, if I'm there, probably. Maybe won't. just
1: a little bit. It's fine. <laughs>
0: awesome. Uh, anything you want to plug, anything uh, you got going on in your life that uh, people should know. about? Uh,
1: well, if you do follow me, you're welcome to come along on my Joshi wrestling journey. Every Saturday, I have a column at post called dream slam weekly, where I recap all the scores and what's hot and going on in the Japanese wrestling scene for the women. Uh, of course, at the end of the month, I'll be doing coverage at at post with the five-star Grand Prix opening weekend both days. Kyrie is returning to cause more trouble. And I will also be helping man the G1 coverage desk for post that weekend on the 31st and on the last weekend right before the finals of the G1 on the 14th. And if you happen to have any interest in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I have the issue that's coming out right now that has Thunder Rosa on the cover with Jade Cargill, my interview with Hiroshi Tanahashi, my debut interview is there. And then my next interview will be out in August.
0: Wow. Uh, listen, I'm a big pro wrestling illustrated guy. Uh, uh, Send me uh, a fun picture. Fun. If
1: you find it, I don't care who you are. Just if you find it in the wild, take a picture with it and tag me on it.
0: I will. All right. I like that. Love it. Hey, again, awesome job. by you, I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, Listen, if you like what you heard, uh, redcircle.com, right? Uh, throw us a couple bucks. Why don't you uh, buy a T-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash SuperJCast. Uh, Editor Dan, who does a great job. His face is recovered. He, I don't know if you heard him. He Let's
1: know a, what he, happened.
0: You know, he was in a fucked up accident. Like he fell off his bike and he, and he got knocked out. Oh, and my gosh. Had, yeah, I mean, oh. broke bones in his face. And shit. Glad he's on and the mend. Jeez. Yeah, but the same day, he's like, no, wor- no worry, mate. I'll-, I'll get this thing fucking edited. <laughs> I was like, wait, what are you yourself <laughs> first, bro. <laughs> right. right. He's in the hospital tweeting or uh, texting. Oh, I was so no. like, well, we'll be fine. We'll figure it Nonetheless, out. Nonetheless,
1: so- it's fine. It'll be there when you get back.
0: Right, right. Uh, Escape the box is uh, where you want to go. Spotify and uh, Apple and all where you get your music because they're doing great things. Every day it seems like he comes out with a new song and the band sounds great. Uh, so follow him. Lousy hero. Two uh, one nine. We did the T-shirts. We did the uh, Five snake review thing on uh, iTunes. Go ahead. I don't give a fuck what you do. Uh, thank you again. Uh, it's been my pleasure and we will see you next time. And hopefully Joel will be back soon. Who knows? He's probably gonna stay in the UK and join a punk band. Who knows? <laughs> All right. For me, Damon and Karen. Thanks for joining us. Uh we'll see you. Bye.